Chapter Thirty Four of Marion, the Story of an Artist's Model, by Winifred Eaton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. Chapter Thirty Four. I borrowed a dollar from Evans, the student who was a friend of Jimmy's. I bought the morning papers and scanned the columns of advertisements. I was determined to look for some other kind of work, yet I realized that I was a jack-of-all-trades and master of none, unless it be that of the model. I found one advertisement that seemed to be pretty good. Wanted. A smart, pretty young lady for light, easy work. Experience not necessary. I started downtown to answer that advertisement at once. The address was in the old building Washington Street, and there seemed to be all kinds of business carried on there. On the door of the place I was to apply was some name and the word massage. I had a dim idea what massage meant. I associated it in some way in my mind with illness. I pushed the bell, and the door was quickly opened. A stout, matronly woman stood smiling at me. Come in, dearie she said, as though she were expecting me. I found myself in a room that looked like the average boarding-house parlor. It was stuffy and dark. The woman set herself down in a rocker, and she was still smiling at me. I came in answer to the advertisement. What do you require me to do? Patting me on the arm, she said, Easy, easy, dear. Don't talk so loud. It is massage work, dearie. I can't do it, I said, but I might be able to learn. She kept on grinning and winking at me, and I don't know why I suddenly felt terribly afraid of her. I said tremulously, Will I have to wear aprons? She got out of the rocking chair and poked me in the side. Now, dearie, if you are really a good girl, I don't want you to come at all. I rather have a young married lady. I had a sweet little married lady before, but her husband got on to us, and... I had begun to back toward the door, and with my hand behind me I found the knob. I ran out into the hall and down those stairs as quickly as I could get. Oh, how good the air did seem when I found myself at last on the street. When I got back to my room I found a note on my table. It was from Miss Darling, and was as follows. Dear Miss Marion, I don't want to press you, but could you let me have the rent? I would not bother you, but I have expenses to meet. And even if you could let me have a part of it, if you cannot let me have it all, I would be obliged. See, Darling. There was a letter, too, from Reggie. I opened it with my hat-pin. And, oh, I think if I could have pierced Reggie instead of that letter just then, I would have liked to do it. Darling Gurley, I met your sister Ada on the street, and she tells me you are doing awfully well in Boston with your painting. I hope, however, you are not forgetting your old sweetheart. Ada tells me you are coming home this summer. Darling, I shall try to arrange to go to Boston, and we will come back to Montreal together. I am longing for the moment when I can hold my own little Marion in my arms again and tell her how much I love her. 
everything's going my way lately and you'll see me a qc before many years have passed your own reggie somehow i blamed reggie for all i had suffered and as i stared out at the darkening night descending upon the streets i muttered to myself now it is your fault that i am compelled to pose nude it had come to this at last there was nothing else for me to do and miss darling must be paid she had been so good to me as i went out i knocked at miss darling's door she put out her head and i said dear miss darling it's all right i'm going to pay you in a few days she said all right dear i know you will keep your word yes i would keep my word i was on my way to miss saint denis to tell her what i was now willing to do i found her in but she was not feeling well she had been posing at a class the previous night she told me and also three hours in the afternoon see my feet she said thrusting them out mon dieu they are so sick all the night i have put me some vaseline and it is no good they are all grown so big again her poor bare feet were badly swollen i begged her to let me bathe them in hot water mamma always bathed our feet in hot water when we had colds or our feet hurt bien she said do so enfant if you wish but it is so hard to get hot water in these boarding-houses ah very soon i will have that little house of all my own and then you will see enfant what it is to be très happy she sighed as if she were inexpressibly tired and lay there with her dark eyes closed and her beautiful soft dark hair all about her lovely oval face and i thought to myself again she looks like a picture of the virgin and i felt sure that although she was just a poor model she was pure and good like the virgin she opened her eyes after a moment and smiled at me and she said when i have my little house enfant then always the water will be hot there will be the gas on the stove and it will give big flame i will have plenty for heat my water here me i stand and hold for eternity the little pot to make some water hot on the little gas jet it is all stuff up full and she closed her eyes again wait a minute i said i'll go and ask your landlady for hot water i found my way down to the basement and very politely i said to the landlady miss saint denis has a very bad foot will you be so kind to let me have a pitcher of hot water she snapped back at me i guess i give my rumors more hot water than they pay for does she think she is paying hotel prices in a begrudging manner she poured me out half a pitcherful from the kettle on the range thanking her i started to carry it up but a loose piece of carpet at the foot of the stairs caught my feet i slipped and all my precious hot water was lost the landlady had picked up the pitcher which fortunately was not broken and when she saw me crying she began to laugh uproariously and seemed to be suddenly good-natured for she refilled the pitcher i bathed rose saint denis feet and made her comfortable and she thanked me very sweetly and seemed to be grateful 
i sat beside her bed for a while smoothing her forehead she was not really ill just tired out presently i said now the time has come for me to pose nude too or as you say starve or go to the devil she opened her eyes with a start and she said dieu but you say things so suddenly enfant you are funniest girl you say sometimes the thing i would not dare to speak for if i did i would have to confess to my priest and then you are so afraid to do some things that is nothing's wrong and you make one big fuss for that she sat up in the bed with her knees drawn up and regarded me with the benignant tolerant glance of a wise young mother she could understand my viewpoint in regard to posing nude but she believed i was simply wrong and my stubbornness in the matter had always puzzled her she did not waste any time on pitying me now on the contrary she urged me to do the work now you have come she said at a very good time for me i am not able to go to that night class and i have made engagement for all of this week you will take my place voila first you will go to the master of the school and you will tell him you have posed before that you have the belle figure yes you must say that if necessaire you will show him as i shook my head she nodded at me and said yes yes you will do that if necessaire maybe he will not require you must not tell him that you have not posed before in that altogether he will think you greenhorn as you say then tell him you are one professional model and that you are friend to rose saint denis and that you will take my place i think he will be satisfied you look little bit like me like you are little sister to me yes that is so she patted my hand smiling comfortingly at me then she went on with her instructions it was only tuesday and i would have five evenings work and earn seven dollars and fifty cents i would probably also be engaged for the following week and for the day classes of the summer school a model as much in demand as was rose saint denis sometimes got steady work for nine hours a day three in the morning three in the afternoon and three at night she assured me that i would be soon as much in demand as she was perhaps more so since i was younger than she the seven dollars and fifty cents i felt would be a godsend at this time i would be able to pay the boarding-house woman she had stopped me on the street only that morning and said if you don't pay me miss asco you will have no good luck then there was miss darling i must keep my word to her moreover ada had been writing me urgent letters insisting that i should send something home for wallace ellen's husband was very ill and of course no help was coming from them now as i looked at miss saint denis i thought to myself that after all it could not be such dreadful work or she would not do it she seemed to me the embodiment of sweetness and refinement and i could not imagine her doing anything that was gross or impure i remembered that even the time i saw her posing nude before the class i had not felt revolted in the way i had that time when lil marky had skipped about the count's studio the amateur model lil 
had been simply brazen the professional one was seriously doing her honest duty there were many other girls in boston i had met who were doing the same work and most of them were good girls mr sands had said that modesty and virtue did not always go hand in hand and that it was his experience that some of the most immoral women appeared to be the most modest and shy miss sandini was lying back again amongst her pillows with her white hands the hands mr sands had said were the most beautiful in america clasped at the back of her head she was watching me and i suppose she knew i was turning the matter over in my mind and i do not doubt but what she realized somewhat of the struggle that was wrestling in my heart after a while she said enfant pass me that bottle on the dresser i did so and she pressed it back into my hand see she said it is the spirit that will give you courage i will give it to you the moment that you all undress yourself take one good long drink and then enfant you will forget that you have no clothes on your body and that tout le monde he is look at you your feet your legs your stomach and every piece of you that you do not like them to see it will be just like little dream that first time also i am feel the shame but soon it pass and it is all forget courage enfant no no miss saint-denis oh i can't do it i can't i began to cry and then she seized hold of my hands fiercely and pulled herself up in bed ah oh, you are the coward renegade you will not help me oh miss saint-denis i might just as well go to the devil completely oh i can never never do it oh if my people found out i would be eternally disgraced and reggie he would never speak to me again then surely he would never never marry me and there would go my last hope you are hysterique she said gently i think you have not eat so much yes i told her i had had my dinner which was not true and after a while when i had dried my tears and was feeling more composed she resumed just as if i had not said i would not do it it is not so hard as you think you will yourself undress behind the screen that they provide with one chair for you to rest upon nobody look at you when you take off those clothes there also is one wrapper for you to cover over your body and when the monitor he call pose you will walk with the wrapper on top you to the model stage and only then you will drop the wrapper listen enfant if you have take that drink i'm tell you about you will forget that it is your body and that you have on no clothes you will say to yourself this is not me this is just some statue so many lines for them to draw and paint to make some picture the real me i am left in my clothes that are behind that screen voila enfant i was beginning to get her spirit and i said why yes i do see it's like acting isn't it i will forget it as i i tried to laugh and added i will say 
oh lord have mercy on me this is none of me that's an old mother goose rhyme miss saint-denis because i could see she had fatigued herself on my account and it was my turn now to comfort and reassure her i put my arms about her and hugged and kissed her tears came into my eyes and she murmured pauvre petite enfant you look like ma petite soeur End of chapter 34. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista.